Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL tour. And here we are for another week of the fifth and last NRL podcast and two more teams. Seasons came to an end box set. Four remain. We are on to the prelims. Bit of a fizzle weekend, that one. It was a little bit disappointing. It was a Had uh, much higher hopes, but I guess it's been a bit of a theme so far. Anyone that sort of had to go on a bit of a streak or a run to get themselves into the final um, has come to a crash bang wallop sort of ending. Mm. Canberra, obviously seven or eight of their last nine or so to get their way in, come up with a good result week one, um, blown away by Parramatta. You had the Roosters who obviously basically had to go seven or eight in a row to just to get themselves into the finals. Injuries caught up with them that last week. Then all the sin bins and the chaos, and they obviously come crashing down. And um, the Sharks, probably a little bit the opposite, but again, they come in with huge winning streak, 10 of 11. Everyone was wondering if that was good form, bad form. Waiting and they've gone bang bang out the back door. Yeah, so. it was good form for seventy two minutes last week. So far, um, you know, just yeah, the, those few teams that have come in with a streak have all sort of exited. So uh, I guess again, it's all about timing. People weren't convinced. It's also who you play. Yeah, and I guess when you play, yeah, you know, there's no good way to go about it. I think like people saying that you know the Penrith thing, resting players is that the right thing to do? Well, I think I think so. In terms of health and when you've had Origin and internationals and everyone like that. I just think arrive in the best possible condition and form you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what they've done. Um, for Parramatta, the long way around the mountain, Penrith showed it could be done last year. So at the moment, back into a prelim. Um, it's been a few years of getting eliminated in week two. And after the week they've had, they'd be extremely happy with that result. Absolutely. Brad Arthur was immediately quick to point that out in his press conference, obviously. Mm. So, you know, pretty fair considering the leaks from the club during the week and a bunch of things that obviously weren't needed heading into a preliminary final, but they'd be feeling a lot better. No one's going to break us. Oh, yes. Physicality. It's good. Yeah. So Circling the wagons on, mate. <clears throat> I like it. So, as we've done the last few weeks, we will review those two games and we'll review the two seasons of the Raiders and the Sharks who have now been eliminated. Brought to you by bluebet.com.au. If you're going to have a bet with anybody, make sure you do it with the true... Blue Bookie, visit the website or download the app today. No charity winner, unfortunately, on the weekend. My streak mainly of back rowers, and we had another one last week. We've done it for our punters club and for our charity account. I went Kalal Matungi last night. They were pretty heavy on their right-hand side, but he didn't bag one. No, he didn't. So, unfortunate, but what do you do? And my Hudson Young personal betting streak come to an end as well. I think that was the first time in seven or eight weeks he didn't bag a meat pie, so... No good. Sad weekend after a good run on all the back rows. Yeah, absolutely. Very disappointing. <clears throat> but where do you want to start? You review the games or you review the seasons? Let's review the games, mate. Do the games. <clears throat> good times. Well, I don't know if there's a whole lot to review 
in particular with the first one, but we shall do it. And that was the Eels up against the Raiders, 40-4. to four. It, it, it just didn't feel good early on, did it? Um, they obviously got I blocked. felt good for about five minutes until Rapana dropped the ball, and then he missed a tackle on his inside shoulder, and I was just like, okay. Just, they got blown that away. That was pretty easy. And then from there, yeah, there was a few little incidents where I thought Canberra could have got back into the game, but every time they had a chance to mount any yeah. pressure, they just release it. Force, force it to the sideline. You, you pointed a good one out as well. We were chatting oh. the Elliot Whitehead one. Oh, I'm, I'm all pointed out because, like you said, they had it, it seemed like any time, time they had an error or a penalty, that they got punished for it. And then at the back end of the half, Coates gets clean bowl. We spoke about in the preview that he has a mistake in him, but he's also got moments like that. Savage. So I thought, man, that's... Gr- Savage? Yeah, that's yeah. a great moment for him after the, the error to get his confidence back up. Gives him a quick sniff before half time. They have a good set after points, what you're talking about. They put the bomb up, and all Elliot Whitehead has to do is wait half a second. They get a drop out off the back of points, off the back of a good set, five minutes to go, potentially back-to-back shots at points. And instead, like that's that's got to... You just got to hold off two seconds. Yeah. Not even two seconds, fucking half a second. And he hits Gutherson. And it was just sort of highlighted everything for me. I'm like, this is your one little window here to potentially get to half eight down or ten down or whatever it was. And instead, they conceded again, I think, not long after that. And I was more than confident the game was gone. Yeah. But it, it also just felt that they were very frantic. Like Jack a few times off a of nothing, play the ball, jumped that left-hand side, skipped across and threw it to his winger or center right on the sideline. Like, I didn't quite know what they wanted to do. There wasn't a lot of patience. Yeah, Fogarty at the back end when they needed points, was kicking for possession or, you know, for field position and territory. It's like, you need points. <laughs> and their front rowers, who they heavily rely on, obviously, their first stint was just null and void. They didn't have the football. They were rolled through. They were blown away. They were gassed. They were on the bench. Um, and by the time they come out for their second stints, the game was gone. So Parramatta well and truly shut out, you know, <laughs> the spark plug, the start and the end of everything that is the Canberra Raiders, which this year has been Tarpanay and Papa Lee obviously got on the back of it last week, but this week their contributions were completely null and void, especially in the first half when it was most important. Yeah. Parramatta did everything we talked about as usual with their forward pack, kick in the front door, keep rolling through. The amount of late offloads, like Corey Parker, old school style offloads with three in the tackle where you thought it was dead and the ball come especially out. Especially early. Oh, and just blowing rucks off the back of it. The amount of second effort, scramble, Defenses like Parramatta just eat that shit up. Dylan Brown ran for 300 metres. Off the back of second phase, their halves just had a field day. Mm. And Mitchell Moses off the back of that. All the time in the world to kick. Um, he kicked very well. They kick pressured. I think, you know, you, you could go through this one in a million ways if you really want to put the detail in it. But I, I think Canberra missed the jump and they got punished for everything early on. And it was it was too too far for the second half. I think they could see it in the first four or five minutes again. There was a big gap in between the late points where they scored twice to finish, but the game was done. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, I guess for them again, great achievement to sort of get to where they did considering the way the year started. I can't say I agree though with Ricky Stewart then saying, well, we would have made the top four because there's a lot of teams that should have, could have, would have made the top four and had injuries as well. So I don't agree with him there yeah. when he said if they had their halfback and their nine. And I, that one just pissed me off all year. And I said at the start there, everyone kept talking about Josh Hodgson. They were trying to trade Josh Hodgson before the season kicked off. So clearly he doesn't think, wasn't too worried about Josh Hodgson. The only reason they ended up keeping him is because Tommy Starling had a court case to be heard. Yeah. So that one I'm not buying into because I know he's a good player, don't get me wrong, but they were done. That relationship was finished. So yeah. the Fogarty one, 100%, I agree with that. But same thing could be said to Melbourne. We would have made the top four if we had Papineaz and all our players on the field. 
You know, there's other teams on the same boat. Yeah, I don't want to hear that shit. Yeah, that's my point though. And Ricky Stewart said that. And I'm like, mate, that's the fucking case for everybody. You're saying, well, we would have made the top four. Like, that's everybody. Yeah. Everyone gets injured, Ricky. He didn't. So you didn't make the top four. Mm, um, but for Parramatta, great response that we said after the week that they had. Um, when you club someone again, like you said, with self-interest, leak something like that, you're obviously not happy about it off the back of a loss against one of your main rivals and pressure swirling around the joint. And there's been talk all year about, you know, the window closing and Brad Arthur and is it time to challenge and the infighting and issues, etc. I guess for the playing group and the coach, that's one of those great moments where they've circled the wagons and they've got a huge result. Not just a good result. That was a big result. Yeah. And they went out with a statement. So, um, again... Halves are great, but it all starts with their forward pack. Their forward pack is everything to them. They were dominant on, with their edge back rolls. Their middles were dominant. Second phase, they generated 18 offloads. But the offloads in particular, those late ones that like we said with three in in the first half, just pulled Canberra to pieces. Yeah, so, Canberra were never in it. <clears throat> no. Um, yeah, 14 errors, 50 missed tackles. Again, there's, there's not a lot you can take out of it when you just get destroyed in every facet. Correct. But, yeah, great for Parramatta. Biggest question now, I guess, is can they right the wrong... From early in the year, and it's again, you don't want to draw parallels, but I think was it their home game they take to the Northern Territory? Yeah, they played. They, the they played. They played the Cowboys in the that game, and Cowboys for the last couple of years I ran think. a train on them in mm. that game, which surprised a lot of people. It was a yeah. long time ago now, but doesn't matter. It's North. You can draw the comparisons to the conditions. I think is probably that's probably the big question we have for them because they're a big pack. If it's a cycle game early and it sort of stays even, you'd, you'd think I don't know what the weather's like up there, but. Cowboys training up there, being up there. I like power. It's a good advantage. I like, I like power. It's a genuine home advantage, but I think this... That, that's the thing that I think will keep the Cowboys in it. I, I, yeah, I see this game being closer than the other one, if I'm going to be honest. Oh, yeah. Um, that's just yeah. my opinion, but yeah. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, for, the, for Canberra, like I said, we'll go into more detail when we do their season review, but yeah, it's hard to dig much into a game where the score's 40-4, to 4, but the other one, South Sydney uh, up against the Cronulla Sharks, 38-12. Pretty similar deal, if I'm being honest. Uh, I felt that South, if anything, left meat on the bone in the first they half. They, they blew, played their food. Blew some points. And Latrell Mitchell, I know, again, plenty of raps. I think he cost him as many points as what he did, you know, supply or had moments last night. I thought he was very scrappy. Yeah. Um, which probably speaks to anything, if, if anything, scary about what it could have been, I think, if he was the best version of himself. Because I didn't think he was really physical or keen to run the ball. He got a bit pass-happy. He came up with some errors. He tried to force some shit offloads. In good ball, he threw an intercept. Like, there were some moments there. I was just like, man, if you just get into that mood that he gets into where he wants to run first, I reckon he would have scored one or two and probably set another couple up. But mm. um, Cronulla never looked comfortable. They looked a bit on edge again, almost like the pressure from last week where they were very close to booking a prelim and sort of coming in walking on eggshells with the expectation of going back, uh, bang, bang out the back door and um, yeah, both teams were poor in the first half. I think there were 17 errors in the first half, but South, despite the errors, theirs was more caused with trying to score points and do something with the football. Mm. Cronulla, on the other hand, was just poor errors. Simple fundamental yeah. errors. Like I thought they didn't roll quite like I'd like them to across the year. Again, I guess when we get in the review, just growth in what they do in attack. Pretty much their attack last night was awful. Same old, same old. South awful. knew exactly what we were going to do. You were messaging me again about how many times they just tried to run that same old sweep line, and Kennedy was getting jammed, and they didn't adjust on that. And if Moylan's they didn't just, adjust to anything, it was just nah. Hines or Moylan just go to the four man. They were just trying to hold the back rower up and play yeah. to the sweep. They played shorter at the back, and that's basically yeah. And they'd run sideways until they got to the the back row. Mm. 
Uh, yeah, it was yeah. horrible. So just some of the passing. The amount of passes, I think, and simple fundamental execution that just balls it in the deck. You can't have it. Well, 30 errors in this game uh, between them, 15 apiece. But yeah, Cronulla again. Yeah. Right. And I heard um, Demetrio interviewed after the game and just said, like, if we're going to need to make half that amount of errors and probably less to yeah, beat Penrith. With so. Penrith. You make that sort of errors against mm. Penrith regardless of whether you're trying to put points on the board or not. Penrith will take points whether it's the first minute. 30th minute back end of the game they don't care when they get their points but they're not going to give you last thing you want to do is give them possession yeah you, they're not going to give you cheap possession so you sure as hell don't want to give them cheap possession because right. they will hurt you um, but I think the, the flip side here a little bit of form into what we wanted with the creamier jaw and no origin and getting to play to all of those top sides during that origin period come the back end of the year last week leaking 32 points then leaking 38 points yeah, this I, week I don't draw much into well, the regular season into the final. 30 plus and two finals Yeah, I games, get it. I think you know. the, the critical moment for the Sharks will be that last 10 minutes last week. They're 10 minutes away from being in a home prelim. And they bombed it. Uh, the Cowboys were ex- uh, excellent to take it away from them. But in the end, that was the, that was the Sharks' chance to advance. They should have won that game. They, you know, I'm pretty confident they closed that game out nine times out of 10. They didn't. That's why they find their ass out the back door. And, probably, and they yeah. deserve to go out. And and the Cowboys deserve to have that home semi. Yeah, much like South. To win like that, particularly away from home, they deserve that bloody home home field in Townsville this week. <laughs> and the Sharks, that's the other end of it. And you could see how deflated and shattered the Sharks were Yeah, out of last week. Uh, yeah, look, they lost some players even late. Uh, but no excuses. No excuses. Well, again, everyone, like I said, for, everyone's got injuries, everyone's like got South, players like, out, everyone's got guys busted. South has done very well to get to where they have. You know, they start the year without Latrell. You've got a rookie halfback. Um, you know, Origin comes through. They need to be winning through there. They're affected. And then they pull it all together late. They had some guys missing in their forwards. They've had a couple of different back rows. They're trying to work out their centers as the year's going on. For them to get to the reprieve, I think is outstanding, considering where they started. Yeah, I agree. Um, and also, again, I guess, just the football they played. But you got alarm bells up. I also think it's, yeah, a few other sides falling over. Oh, well, you still need to. You've got to take your opportunity. You've got to be I, I get good it. footy yeah, at the right definitely. time here, like we said. <clears throat> definitely, um, mate. And again, they did a number on the the Rooters last week, and under tough circumstances, twice with eleven players to not concede. Yep. Like definitely, yeah, it's good going. But I think the other thing for me here, alarm bells were first set. Mark Nichols crashes over. If you're letting someone straight through the middle of your defence, first set of the game. It was diabolical. That's. That's a real, real alarm. That's yeah. like at A grade level or at other levels or an under twenties game. You're kind of like, all right, at an NRL level, no, no, for, no game, no yeah, game. I get that. Yeah, at the highest of the higher levels, if a front row is crashing over first set mm. straight through the middle of your uh, your defense, you're extremely concerned. Definitely. And then the funny thing is, the half ends exactly the same way. Scrum play. I know, like we were talking, you were saying to me, Wilton was disconnected off the scrum, isolates Dale Fanukin, but. Nowhere in my mind would I expect Dale Finucane to miss a one-on-one. He wasn't disconnected. He went up past the ball. I thought he was behind the ball. Yeah. No, he went like up, I thought he went up past the ball. Oh, I thought the opposite. <clears throat> I thought Dale was up sort of on his own and he was a couple of metres back and mm. sort of slipped past him. But I, yeah. The Murray one and that one at, at the start of the half to me, right there when they scored, I was just like, yeah, that's, yeah. I can't see him coming back from this. Mm. They got points twice off kicks. They struggled. Otherwise, realistically, everything was repelled, turned away. I was like you said get to a four-man, attack the half or the back row, see if I can either get on the inside and run myself or play short hit at the back. They jammed the sweet runner every time. They didn't adjust their depth. They didn't turn somebody back under. 
they didn't try to chuck someone through the middle or you know do an inside outside shape and test that sort of out. Nothing. Um, no knife is burning, no nothing. And then even South, like <clears throat> they come in it without Burgess. We talked about their middles maybe lacking. They lose Havili early as part of that rotation, and they still dominated through the middle. To there was one little point where I felt Cronulla found the formula. Nico Hines just took off. Yeah, that and ran. carry off a quick play. And the went ball. down and up, and I went there. You, you go. Literally there went you straight go. through a gap. Okay, just play and through. And then them. they go back to going sideways. And I was like, okay. That's similar to you. I was like, cool. we, they've lost to Vili. They come into the game without Burgess. They're short in their middle rotation. Why aren't you attacking Smash their middle? Just fucking bash Cook. And the guys around him have to work harder. Make those back rows clean up, which they do a good job of, mind you, Murray yeah, and all that. But gas them out, which then takes away from what they're going to do in O. What I was probably impressed with, South, obviously, we know mostly left side heavy, generate a lot of their attack by setting up on the right. I think the Sharks probably even were a little bit surprised as well themselves last night how much they attack right. They went right a fair bit. The hands between Ilias and Kalama Tungi, they got really good skill on that side of the field. Campbell Graham had a big night. Tarn Milne was the beneficiary a few times. But, yeah, they surprised me with how much they attacked right compared to left. But, again, also said during the week, my concern about Matt Moylan, defensively, Matt Moylan, six or seven misses. Nakora um, on that other side, come up with five himself. Wade missed four. Wilt missed four. Like, defensively, in a finals game for a lot of those guys, it's just not good enough. Mm. So, um yeah, South, really, really good to get there. I guess your concerns now are the players for next week. So is Havili, Arrow and Johnson available? If they're not, who you replace them with? They're saying that Arrow's actually been carrying that injury, so they're more than likely he will play. Um, the only thing for me is a groin's not something you can really needle. Mm. So I'd be a little bit concerned there. Johnston, fantastic finisher, surely, but I've said it a million times before. For anyone that it brings up to me that he should play for Australia and rep football, you clearly know nothing about rugby league without being extremely harsh, and but being extremely harsh. Mm. In terms of yardage game, error threat, a lot of the things when we talk about these top-class wingers, God bless Alex Johnson. He's a great first grader, but he's not he's not a rep-level winger, in my opinion, because he doesn't bring you out of the backfield. He's not a error threat. He's someone you can kick to him, pick on, you can bash and bomb him. Great first grader, but he's not on that rep, rep, rep tier. If they're going to bring somebody in, though, mm. for that position, they've got pretty good cover in Isaac Thompson. <clears throat> Isaac oh. Thompson can finish, yeah. bring yardage, good carry. Um, you know, the concern, I guess, again, is last week we are talking about the middle rotation. They were using Javili purely as a middle, and you've already got Tom Burgess out, who's yeah. suspended. One of them is going to be out. So I think gonna, Arrow might They're going to have to call well. on Mawale, who will come in, but then they're probably going to need somebody else. Yeah. So off that bent, extended bench, I can't quite remember off the top of my head, but we'll see that when it gets named on Tuesday. They may need a couple of guys extra for the bench. I thought Cheekham did pretty well with his he opportunity did. the other night, so... They got what they needed. It's going to be a different beast coming on against Penrith. 100%. Same as the back end of the game where they rolled Cody Nickarima in the left centre for coverage. I'm thinking, Christ almighty, if that was to happen in a real game against quality opposition without a lead. Yeah, if it's, if, if it's yeah, yeah, a tight that, game. You're going to be really worried if that's you know the position you end up in. Definitely. So, yeah, I, I guess they'll probably name that full strength side, but we know that because they have to cut down a nine. And if they've got three guys under a cloud, they're not all going to be there at the back end of the way. No. So we're going to have a good idea of where they're at. I'd be shocked if... Even two of them. But the, the middles oh, compared yeah. to one another, I expect a little bit more from Cronulla. Like, losing Sifa hurts them a little bit in yardage. Yeah, but when they lost Hunt, I thought any advantage they sort of had in terms of middle or maybe one middle went out the window. And if anything, it surprised me that their middle got done done in as bad as it did by South Sydney. Agree. Considering losing Arvillian, not having Burgess. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, like I said, full credit to them. Their right edge was great. Um Ilias Kalamatunga, Campbell Graham had a big game. Tolo really led from the front. And then that back row again. Between Arrow, 
Murray, Kyle Matungi. There's a lot of work, but like Murray was enormous. <clears throat> he was huge. So to get it to a prelim, like I said, considering the way things have started for them this year, um, the adjustments, finding players, Tass has developed nicely, Campbell Graham's good. They've sort of figured things out on the go, filling in the other back rower spot, you know, getting their middle rotation back, even though it seems like they've been a short all year, the conversion of Hivili, like they've really spackfield and figured things out on the go. I think Demetrio deserves a lot of credit to get back to a prelim. It's their fifth in a row. I agree. Yeah. Um, to think that <clears throat> Reynolds, Gagai, Sewer go out the door, they've I'd say they have a lesser team than what they did holistically as a squad to get to where they have again is a fantastic tick in the box for him. Yeah. And I know everyone talks about the Lane Curse, which always sort of shits me a lot and I was hoping things would go well for him because I think he is a genuinely good coach who's done a real apprenticeship. I think, you know, one year doesn't make a career, but it's a pretty bloody good start. Mm. So full credit to him. Yeah. Um, and for Craig Fitzgibbon, I guess, your disappointment is you have such a great season and then to go bang, bang out the back door is probably going to be a couple of sleepless nights coming up and, um, you know, he obviously knows where it went wrong. I think he made a pretty good point that, yeah, it start, started off by saying we had some guys in and out the last few weeks, whether it was Sifa missed a couple of games, Boyle missed a couple of games, but... We know our roles. We know who we are. You can't defend like that pretty much straight up and down. And we know the style of footy we want to play. Yeah. So I guess I'd say for them, similar deal. You know, they had really good situation this year. They had really good depth in key positions. They were able to cover. They had the creamiest draw during Origin. They got the right teams at the right time. They were barely affected. They took full advantage to get themselves in the top four. But as you said, their big thing was losing week one and missing out on the pro. They had everything there to take. And unfortunately, it's now gone. Mm. So, not much else to sum up, I don't think. No. But, <clears throat> moving on, jumping into those season reviews again. Um, powerful season reviews brought to you by the Penrith Solar Centre. There is no one better. Get in touch with Jake and the crew and tackle your rising power bills this season head on with quality solar solutions, www.penrithsolar.com.au or call 1800-2029-30 today. Um, let's start off with the Raiders who were, of course, eliminated first. And if I've got my sheets here, they finished eighth in the regular season, sixth after the finals. Um, in terms of over-under, it was 11.5. We both went the over. I think they finished up with 14. I didn't write it down here. I'm sorry. So that's my bad. Or did I? Yes, I did. 14 wins, 10 losses. Um, in terms of attack, they were eighth. Defensively, they were sixth. Their away record was 6-6, six and six, and players used was 30 on the season. Uh, I guess, similar to what we said coming into it, we both put them as 8th. That ended up being correct. And literally all the reasons why we said that is what happened. Mm. They went in with one nine. They tried to source another nine. They tried to move Hodgson on. Then they tried to keep him after Starling got in trouble. They lost Fogarty before a ball was even kicked, which sort of swayed her out, but... We looked at that forward pack, we looked at the young talent they had in the team, and we thought if they could get through an origin period where they wouldn't be heavily affected, which turned out to be the case. Papali played limited minutes, so he didn't miss any games. Jack played game one, missed the rest of the season uh, series with COVID. But they'd find a way to get themselves in. I did. We didn't think, obviously, they were going to have to do it the way they did, yep. by winning eight games at the back end of the year. But given the draw they had, where literally the only team they played in the top eight, I think, on the run home was the Melbourne Storm, and they won that game, um, besides the game against Penner. They played seven at the bottom eight. They had to win those games. They did win those games. And by the back end of the year, after a poor start, where they were hot and cold, good results, bad results, they essentially got a brand new spine. They moved on from Charles Nooker Clogstad. They found 
one of their own mid-season in Zach Wolford, who'd sort of left, been in the Lurch, New South Wales Cup, I think got as low as Ryan Massey Cup and ended up back in the club to form a nice balance in the hooking role for them. Fogarty comes in. It's essentially a brand new spine around Jack. Once Jack gets free, dual nines, Tarpany's in career best form, frees up their middle. Jack's able to run the run and play the left-hand edge. Him, Chris Hudson-Young have his best season. They become potent there. They start defending better. Uh, like just a lot of things happen sort of that back end of the year as they rolled a couple of those guys in. On top of that, mid-season he dropped some of his forwards. A lot of those guys took that on board, come back in. Gula come back in, did very well. Horsberg was sort of up and down, come back in. Even Hudson got dropped early in the year. Um, but he got a response out of all those guys. Elliot was outstanding for a one-year recruit to revive his career. And he's obviously moving on to Newcastle. But I guess, as we say in the end, getting into the finals, just, I guess, as a whole... Attacking-wise, probably lacking a little bit. And I, I, I'm assuming another off-season, knowing now that this is sort of their direction. With Savage as your fullback, the dual nine situation, Fogarty hopefully being healthy will, will be, definitely benefit them, considering you basically started the year with a different spine. Schneider coming did an admirable job. Starling was basically you know one out there at the nine position, but I think that is one big key, having a full season with this spine and a full off-season. And then more development from other guys in your forward pack. Tarpany this year essentially carried it. Hudson joined in at the back end of the year. Don't get me wrong, it was outstanding, but still felt that Papa Lee was a little bit underwhelming until crunch time. Mm-hmm. Felt that, you know, Sutton, who was in and then basically flicked because they knew he was going elsewhere. Gula got dropped. Was hot. I expected him to sort of take a step forward. Didn't really happen. I think Whitehead sort of slowed down in a bit more of a grinder at his older age. A guy that, you know, does a lot of clean-up work and, He's very steady, but probably not so impactful. And yeah, I thought a lot of the times it was basically Tarpany and Elliot were leaned on for a lot. And they're going to have to replace Elliot now too. Mm. So I guess next year, you know, if it's just going to be... They're going to have to rely on a couple of those young guys coming up. And that was the point I was going to make. that The upside, I guess, is they got some football into some of these younger guys. He shot a a bullet across the bow at a Gula and a Horsberg and a few of those guys who I thought responded. But they're going to need someone next year in the form of a Trey Mooney who got a debut or a Peter Holo who come across him was outstanding but never played first grade for him. Yeah. Um, Arthur Mariotta got a debut later in the year. A couple of these young guys are going to have to push through. Someone's got to replace Elliot's position. Someone's going to have to come onto the bench and be a little bit more impactful. Development around their spine. Uh, again, now that they've sort of settled on a spine and that's what they know they've got next year. Yeah. And then I guess just edge defence. Uh, last night when they got beat to the middle, their edges got pulled apart. Yeah. So Tomoko... Outstanding on the attacking side of the ball, but another year, another off-season, I'm sure he'll get better in that regard. Chris is pretty solid, but he's not the most mobile centre defensively and laterally. Um, but, you know, guys like Schiller and that back in the mix. Harley Smith-Shields, they've still got plenty of good young talent there, but I'm on with you. Probably one or two more middles need to come into the fold for them to juice up a little bit. Yeah, I agree. But overall, I think they've done well to get to where they did, considering where they started. But I definitely do not agree with Ricky Stewart. They definitely would have made the top four. I just think that's a shit comment to be like, well, we did have a halfback. So, well, everyone else got injuries and we could have been in a similar position too. Yep. So, whether that be Melbourne or if the Roosters don't have that run that they had, I, <clears throat> if you're sitting there, me going, who do you guys replace if you have Fogarty in the top four or if a couple other teams like that? That's, I just think it's a, a shit argument. Yeah, I just think they'll be, they'll be around where they were this year. Yeah. And I guess that's probably the other question. Who are they adding next year? There's only one guy coming in. It's Sami Solo, who's been a fringy at Newcastle and hasn't really kicked on. So. Yeah, I just think I expect their, their young guys to do more. Yeah, 
and they've got a good group sort of there, but I, I guess it's, yeah, how much they develop next year. He hasn't really, not that he has to go and buy players, but he's just got young players there I'm sure he'll want to look at before he goes yeah. and recruits. Well, they've, they've sort of done it differently, haven't they? I think Peter Mulholland mm-hmm. left him with some really good players before he left. He's, yeah. he's Peter Mulholland. God bless that man, because I'm telling you what. He could find one, man. The last few years, he went hard for Ricky. Like, to get Trey Mooney out of para was yeah. big. So he, he took Brad Morcos off the Dragons, who went down yeah, there and Caleb played. Caleb Toey as well, didn't he? Flag and Cup. Caleb Toey's down there. Um, you know, Schiller's obviously now a part of the system, but he, he got I a... Starling. I, I really like Starling at Newcastle. To pick up Schneider, um, you know, from that schoolboy cut. They brought Trevelyan, who's had some injury problems, and I think he's off contract. I don't know what's quite up there. Yeah. Arta Mariotta. A lot of those guys Arta that he's Mariotta. got. Wow. And I don't know if anyone watched the New South Wales 19s game, but they were the heaviest represented time, yeah. uh, team. Asamoah, the winger. There's a few guys there that Maholland, he went external of Canberra and recruited a couple of those guys. So yes. he's, he's parting gift. There's four or five really good guys that should develop in the They've next done an unreal job, yeah. 18 months. <clears throat> so I guess for Canberra, like I said, there's not a lot coming in externally, but you'd hope what they've got there in the next 12 to 18 months comes in and sort of pushes them back to a point where cat-wise and team-wise, they're back to pushing for top four. Yeah, I agree. Um, in this peak of sort of Jack's career. And then I guess the next question is, how much more Fogarty can contribute if he's healthy and then what you get out of your two nines and your fullback. Because they've now obviously moved on from Hodgson and Charles who were part of that generation that were part of that grand final. They've now gone on to youth mm. in the Jordan Hookers and the 20-year-old Savage who is rocks and diamonds, but his best is absolutely brilliant. His worst is terrible. That gap will obviously get smaller the more he plays first grade. Yeah. Um, and I probably the <clears> other <throat> one question I, I don't see is Croker. Mm. He was injured. I have no problem with the fact they moved on from him. I said myself, I'd try to come with some sort of agreement. I don't think he wants to retire. He got injured. He's only a couple of games short of his 300th, but I, I just can't really see a way with the way they're developing and the guys they've got for me to put him back in somewhere without injury. Without injuries. Yeah. So I don't know whether he's willing to accept that or wait as a club. Well, I think the conversation is, do you want to go on and play New South Wales Cup? And hold out, yeah, to and, see. And fill in when this is what they're for you. Because... Yeah, in terms of what they've got with some of the young guys, um, and you know, attack, defence, physically, health, what like, yeah, he's. I think he's in a bit of a spot now with the last couple of years and where he's at. Is I'm he sh- off contract or is he still on? Contract? No, no, he's still got a couple of years. Wow, okay. But it's more the fact he's close to three hundred. I'm sure in his mind. How much mind, money would he be on? Oh, I think pretty, think pretty probably eight hundred. Ah, uh, I think that they were talking. He was up up around six, seven hundred. I think it'd be more close. So it's a lot of money on your cap to have someone who you're not considering to pick in first yeah, grade. But I don't think he's done and I don't think he wants to play anywhere else. So there's sort of that awkward middle ground. Mm. And I don't know if you can. can you, mutually, you can mutually sever a deal, can't you? You can. <clears throat> but that mutually severing a deal means money, everything's all done. So my, my thing is, I'm sure they could offer him a role. Is, it, is that exactly? I think they could, they could agree to a payout, couldn't they? Yeah, probably some description, but I think he wants his 300. But can you find a way to get him eight games or seven games? How many does he need? I think about that much, seven or eight games. You could probably get him. Without compromising your next season and getting no, him to that I, record. The conversation and... has to be clear. Mate, you're going to play in yourself South Wales Cup unless your form is better than the guys we got in first grade or we get injuries. Because again, like... for the little bits you've seen of Schiller, for Tomoko playing a full season. It looks like, like he didn't play in his South Wales Cup against us. Smith Shields, they were big on and he got injured before a ball was even kicked. Chris Savage coming out like the And lot. he needs to be, Ricky Stewart needs to make sure that obviously Croker's okay with that. Yeah. Hopper Wado got some games at the back here. Yeah. Valame was in, like there's a lot of guys. Yeah, but that Croker have... wasn't playing then. 
That's my point. But yeah. they've, they've got all these guys who've come in. I think in. he would have got a couple of games at the back end of the year. They're all young and keen and fresh mm. and healthy and faster and stronger. Like, I think they're at a point now where they're in a bit of a spot. I've got to look up how many years he's got left. It's now bothering me. But that was one that sort of I only saw the other day when I saw him on the TV floating around with Elliot and a couple of those guys and thought, I'm pretty sure he's still got like two more years to run. Yeah, but I just don't see where he fits at the moment. So. A little um, bit of a tap, tap, tap a room. They've also got <clears throat> the big deal with Tarpany. Now they're saying with his manager, like... When's he off? Raw, I think next year's his last year, so they're talking to him right oh, now. Yeah, but they started the year also with drama with him again. This, yeah, the start this of the year, free agent bullshit has to stop. Start That's of the year, he didn't get joke. many minutes. He wasn't playing much at all. <clears throat> there was a comment from his wife again. They were worried about their balance. There. They obviously ironed that out the back end of the year. He's playing 60 minutes. Now his manager says there's half a comp in for him. Some people are talking up to a million dollars. Much like Payne Haas, I love him, but no props worth a million bucks. No, I'll give him 800. 800, yeah, 850 is your absolute ceiling, I think, for that position. What's he on now? Oh, he'd probably be on, already on about 600, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. He's had good deals while he's been there. Yeah, that's what I thought. But the current squad, Jared Croker, he has an option in his favour for 2024. So technically he's off contract next year, but they can't tell him not to take 24. And what are they saying he's on there? They're saying 500. That's a guess. Yeah, well. So if he's got an option in his favour, he doesn't want to go anywhere, he can tell Cameron I'm activating that right now. So you're up Which for... Which he will. He'd be mad not to. You're up for 23, you're up for 24. He's owed a mill, basically. Exa- yeah, essentially. Yeah. And he's, I think, eight games away or so. I don't know if this will tell me career games, no. But I'm pretty sure he's seven or eight games away from playing. He's 300. Yeah. So once looked like, you know, he was one of those guys that would play there forever and go close to the point scoring record and play 300 plus easily but ill health for a couple of years and an emergence of another generation like we said that they've de- developed and recruited um, has put him in a bit of a precarious position mm. and then also I guess the emergence of other guys within your group as leaders as well I'm not saying he's not a leader but in terms of do they need his leadership in that position and what he gives to that group right now when you've got Papali, Tarpany, Jack and other guys coming through and then an- another generation sort of plays all in your position yeah so um, they've arrived at a bit of an awkward spot. <laughs> so I'll be interested to see how that one works out. Because, again, I just, he's as Canberra as they come. I, don't, I, I can't, unless he's absolutely dying to play and his only option is to go anywhere else, obviously he would, and I'm sure they'd accommodate. But something in me, just I just I don't know. I don't think he wants to play anywhere else. Mm. But it's just an unfortunate position to be in. It really is. Um, but, yeah. Nothing else to add to that one. No. Moving on. Uh, the Sharkies, second in the regular season, fifth after the finals. Overs, unders was 12 and a half. We both went over. Hit that one. Um, in terms of players used, I'll have to find that one. Attack, seventh. Defensively, they were third. Away record, eight and four. They were equal for the second best record on the road. Um, I guess for them, it was sort of a building year, wasn't it? They had the loss round one with a lot of expectation to Canberra and then they rattled off four in a row and everyone was keen to see him up against Melbourne Melbourne sort of gave them a reality check then they had a six game streak of win loss win loss and everybody was like well they'll make the eight but what, what sort of team are they going to be hmm. and then the origin period comes and they just surge they get the top three at the right time they beat all of them while they're origin affected except Penrith who they get on the back end take them into deep water but Penrith show their class and then from there, they rattled off 10 of their last 11. And the question was, again, 
not many teams in the top eight. All these teams in the bottom, you make it 15, 16 errors a game. You're still scoring 30, 40 points, conceding 12. You know, what are they going to do come finals time? Have they developed their game enough? Their attack, start of the year, refreshed, revamped. But we finally saw a bit of that older Sharks that we expected to see with guys like Dale and Nico and guys coming from Melbourne and McInnes to tighten up and toughen up their middle defensively. Again, third in the competition. Yeah. But, you know, coast-to-coast attack, halves linking, three fullbacks, second phase, early shifts, you know, 150, 200 plus metres out of yardage. Huge development of their forward packs. Rudolph takes a step forward. Hunt steps up. Ueli steps up. There was like so many guys had their best season in first grade. But at the end of the day, it all culminates in bang, bang out the back door, unfortunately, mm. and conceding 30 plus in two finals games. So I guess that's the sad part when you see the journey and the growth across the year. And, you know, Sifa's best season. Mulatalo plays for New Zealand. He plays for New South Wales. Ramian. Excellent. Trindle and the depth that they've got. Miller plays in a fullback, does as good a job as Kennedy does. To be able to call on Trindle, who I still, in my opinion, think I would have leaned that way before I paid Moylan for two more years. Um, yeah, as your, Caleb, as your steering wheel. Yeah, Caleb Eero, who <clears throat> ends up winning New South Wales Cup Player of the Year, and they pay get him on contract again early before he wins that award. And Kay Dykes, like they've got players there. Their squad is essentially intact. The only guy they're moving on, Safito, who was a bit player on the bench and they haven't re-signed Wade Graham, who's on a huge paycheck. They've freed up cap. They're going to have to push a lot of that into keeping this squad around. I guess our big question moving forward is how much better can they get? Because hmm. they've still got great depth. They still keep most of these guys in key depth positions moving into next year besides, uh, you know, like Metcalf and only one or two others. So they're in an exceptional position in that regard. Yeah. But how much can they grow? And... In, in this squad again, you know, can Nico get much better than what he was? Can Matt Moylan Probably be not, more than what he is? <clears throat> can Brad Braley? I think Braley's still got some growth. Mm. Um, said that most of the year that he was sort of one of those ones I was waiting for. But in terms of, you know, like I said, losses, Tolman's retired. He was only playing bit. Metcalf, they essentially held because they got beef with the Warriors. Off contract, Fafita's gone. Marwin Harati's a fringe player. Lua Lua's a junior. Martin's a junior. Pele's going to go to the Dogs. Rivet played ball into flag and Thomas Robel played cup yesterday. They're all juniors. So there's no one there of any great substance who they're going to need right now. No. They kept Beryl as their backup nine, so they've got great depth there. Colhoun played during the year from their flag system. He's ready to go. Dykes, you back up fullback. Ueli, Hazleton, another prop. Hunt, they've got for another year. He's brought in. Moylan, Idero, uh, Mulitalo, Nakora, Jack Williams extended up before his injury. They're essentially going to have the exact same squad again, plus Oregon Kafusi. And they've got a couple other kids that they've upgraded. So I guess our biggest question is, again, can other guys elevate to more than what they are right now? Are there guys there that are capable of being origin-level or international-level players to take them to being what is a hell of a team as a whole? Yeah. But do they have any genuine standout superstars that can be game-breakers? Because when you look at them as a whole right now, Kennedy's a really good fullback, but I don't know if he's a rep-quality fullback. Matt Mullen's a good first-grader. Yeah, I know he played some rep full back in the day, but I think Matt, Matt Moylan is what Matt Moylan is. Mm-hmm. I think Nico, similar deal um, in terms of what he's done as a seven or a six. I still don't think he's a genuine seven. I still think he needs to have a bit more with his kicking game, but he's a great player. But again, looking across their squad, I, I think the, probably the big one for me, like Dale's great for culture, but I said at the time, for what they paid... They paid more for what they're going to get, culture and impact. I think they're lacking one genuinely outstanding middle. Ueli Hunt and all these guys are a really good summary of their parts. 
McInnes, Vanuka, and all those guys work really hard. Nakora, I think, is a quality back row. But in terms of as a middle packer or a game breaker, I don't think they have a game breaker in their middle. Or they don't have one standout 50 to 55 minute front row or, you know, a 13 that's of the Murray, Yo, or that type of ilk. I think Fanukin is a very good lock, but I, yeah, I think they've paid more for what he brings to the group and culture wise than what they have on his ability at this point in his career. Yeah, And then in the back line or spine, similar deal again. I think very good players all throughout their spine, but I don't think they have a genuine superstar. I think Nico Hines is a very, very good player. Um, but I don't, again, look at him and I don't know if there's much more that you can get out of Nico. I think Nico's outstanding, but I don't know if there's a lot more you can get no. out Yeah, well, you just need to put some different pieces around him. I still... Need a more impactful middle. Definitely. <clears throat> I'm still looking at the Trindle thing, wondering how that's going to play out, though, because now that Moylan's got two more years, I sort of think someone else who brings a little bit more organisation, steering wheel, kicking game, I still think they need that as well. Yeah. I think Trindle can help the situation a bit more than the yeah, three fullback run and gun coast to coast shifting off slow play the balls I still think they need a genuine seven which probably makes Nico to me more dangerous because yeah. I don't think he should have to steer and kick into everything else his best football at Melbourne whenever everyone talked about that was as a one free floating one who was running the ball and picking that he essentially played that in the front line with some extra responsibility yeah. I think him freer is scarier and then Braley obviously a bit more craft a bit more kicking out of dummy half from him just a few more layers to his game they extended to 2026 so you're going to need more. Mm. But, um, yeah, I guess just more growth. You're going like, to need to evolve, yeah. Out definitely. of a lot of those guys. Like, it's a hell of a squad. It's basically untouched. Fitzgibbon's picked the best job you possibly could have picked. We said at the time, Morris picked up a situation where he wasn't allowed to move. Salary cap was stuck. couple of bad contracts. Wade Graham and Fafita were the last two big contracts. They're gone. Mm-hmm. He's got all these kids that Morris had in that system who he blooded in Unicoras and all those sort of guys have all come through developed. They've blooded another couple, like we said, in Dykes, Calhoun, good depth and good decisions and getting your barrels and picking up a Hazleton, getting a Lockie Miller, all those positions are covered again. And then you add an Orik and Kafusi and you've got a few more kids like Ira and that in your own system. Their big thing next year, like you said, is growing on top of that and then they've got a lot of guys coming off in 23. Yep. So that free money, they've got some hard decisions to make. Mulitalo's already extended. Rayman's off. Kennedy's off. Miller's off. A um, couple of the Fords are off. Hunt only signed a one-year deal for that reason. Um, they're going, Like, Sifra Talakai played Origin. They're looking for huge money. They have delayed. They're going to have to make a decision. <laughs> so, next year, I guess, is the question, again, of development in your spine, growth overall in your team, who can take a step further, and then the questions after success, everyone's going to be after your players. So, next year is the real mm-hmm. test for Craig Fitzgibbon as a coach. Yeah, I agree. Um, walked into a really good situation, but we'll see the best... The real coach coming out next year after what's just happened. So, that's hope so, mate. That's what we're looking at. Um, but overall, like I said, again, great season for a lot of guys. But Nico, close to... Um, I know everyone argued during the year, was it Nico? Is it Reynolds? Is it Chad? For, everyone brought something good to their club for different reasons. But I think with the way this year's played out, he'll go close to me to winning the Dahlia. Because you look at the amount of games they won when everyone's talking about Hunt. Like, how many people would have taken points off Hunt? Not many. And similar deal for him, yeah. I think, not playing Origin, the wins they racked up, 18, I think he would have collected a lot of throws. He was generally their best or second best player in most games. So I think he's in a pretty advantageous position with Cleary missing the first five and the last four plus Origin. Munster, a lot of pressure got heaped onto them. Played, there's a lot of guys there that would generally be contending. I don't think he'll be there. Out of Hunt and Nico, I think the extra wins will probably work in his favour. And he'll probably end up, I think he might get rewarded with the Dahlia medal yeah, for the season he had. So... Um, 
Yeah. There you go. Anything else? No, man. They general they they really interest me though. Like I sat we talked about before. They're a really good squad. Yeah. It's good. Like they're good as a group. Their back five is good as a group. Their spine works is what it is. Their pack works is what it is. But there is yeah. When you, they need a little bit more upside. Yeah, and one or two just because that's another thing when you look at like South. So look at some of South's players, and you can look at some of those guys in the squad and go, "Well, he's average, or he's a solid first grader, or he's a squad player." But Latrell Mitchell, both, both Walker, teams that we just reviewed are like, going to need more from the guys they've got internally. They're not really no, they're not going to get their growth via recruitment. They're going to get it by coaching and development. Yeah, they've only got, like I said, added one player each, and in mm. different circumstances. And Raiders got have, very, very good, astute coaches who are. Yeah, in their in their positions for that reason, because they're chartered and they're responsible to make these these younger players develop into good solid first graders. And I think there's more coming. It also through. helps your cap too. That'll allow them to then go out and buy the you know the odd player here and there that they need, like they did with Nico Hines this year. But isn't it interesting that like they bought Nico Hines thinking that Chad wasn't the answer, but Chad's actually gone to. The He's, Cowboys yeah. improved that he could do it, and then Nico's actually come in and proved that he was well worth the money. Also, like yeah, and, mm. and sometimes was, I was only thinking about that last night. I was like, we've said this yeah. multiple times. Though. It's like it's the place and time for some people where you go. Like, yeah, Chad in a and, young and the role that the coach wants you to perform in. Yeah, Chad in that young group and the situation he's at with his career, with a coach like Todd Payton, knew exactly what he wanted, and it worked perfectly. He wanted. A guy, he wasn't looking for a superstar. He was yeah, but who at, predicted that Chad Townsend would go there? Well, none of us. No one. Todd Payton clearly knew what he wanted, and he no Chad one. said as much the other week when he had the media win. They knew what they were after, and it's, again, internally, it's worked out perfectly. No, I, that's what I'm saying. I think it's... And for this side as well. Craig Fitzgibbon to take him and put it play him as a halfback. I didn't know if it was going to work. I still thought fullback was his best position, but yeah. it worked. Yeah. And it worked in the system they played. I guess the question, like we said, is it got him to this point. How does it get better? How do you change it? How do they evolve? Is it pieces around him? Like, there's a few tweaks I think that need to be made, but I, most of it's going to have to be internal growth next year because there's not a whole lot of difference. Yeah. And people are obviously going to be gunning for him now as well because they were one of those teams who finished high up. So, I agree. Um, yeah, there are some good kids coming through as well. Like you said, though, they've, they've been really good the last few years. We know how many got in, but I think if the Talakai and the back five situation doesn't work out, they're pretty well off having Kale Iro there. He's a shoe in <laughs> to take someone's jersey. Yep. Dykes proved that he's ready to play first grade. The decision even between Miller and Kennedy. Kennedy's clearly got age on upside, but someone will sign Miller if he's not the Sharks in a heartbeat. He's a good footballer. Absolutely. Um, so they got definitely got some decisions to make, but Josh Finau coming through. The other name, I don't know if you remember this one I was going to ask. It said that they've got Satani Tacoma. I don't know if he was internal. I thought he might have been a paramedic here to fullback. Who is that? Satani Tacoma. <clears throat> But yeah, they've got a few more coming through. I think they're, I didn't see their Harold Matz this year. Someone said that their Harold Matz fullback is an absolute gun. Who's? Cronulla's. Okay. I heard even Gus say something about him the other week. I can't remember his name, but I didn't see any of the Matz this year. But apparently everyone's after oh, their yeah. fullback. They've been good at producing some players with that system that Funning and set up before he moved on. Yeah. That was something they used to struggle with. A lot of their players were the Parramatta Penrith offcuts when you used to go trial externally of errors and they sort of pulled a lot of guys in. They've been generally really, really good the last, you know, six or seven years in terms of Matt's ball, flag, et cetera, and getting players actually coming through. Yeah. So um, if they keep doing a good job there, that'll obviously help with the situation where you have turnover. Exactly, yeah. But um, 
my bad. I've I've ranted and raved for a little bit okay, um, mate. on that side of things. But there you go. That's a review of the games from the weekend, and obviously uh, a summary of those two teams' seasons and twenty twenty three after the World Cup. That's right, mate. But let's have a quick look uh, at the odds after the weekend for bluebet.com.au and some updates uh, in the market after those results and the odds as they stand right now for those two preliminary finals. The first one, the Cowboys, they're a seventy favourite at home against the Parramatta Eels. The line at the moment, minus two and a half. And the other game, the Penrith Panthers up against the South Sydney Rabbitohs. The Panthers with bluebet.com.au are a $1.35 Favourite, the Rabbitohs, $3.20 outsiders, minus 8.5 is the line there. You said it before. You, you like Parramatta, do you? You think they go out there and get the I job like done? I like Parramatta, yeah. Yep. Obviously, I you agree. That I said it the whole way along. I, I thought... They can get back. I thought Penrith Parra. Yeah. That, that's just what my, what my gut said. Yeah. Well, again... But I think... I think It's a bigger... It's a significantly... If they uh, were, more difficult task now. Yeah, I was going to say, no offence again to the Sharks, but if they're playing the Sharks here in Sydney, I'd feel a lot more confident. I, I think Parramatta deserve to be underdogs. Yeah, and I think it's a much tougher I task just think to they're a better team. Out. Yeah, so you're expecting if their best football is on the field like we've talked about, yeah, they're better than the Cowboys full stop. Uh, on the other side, I think for South, even if all those guys get on the field, I expect Penrith um, yeah. to turn up in a big way. But if they've got question marks and it's similar to the Roosters when I talked about the other week, come in with a few guys under a cloud and Penrith turn the screws early and just turn it into that cycle game, the back and forth and turn the screws um, and then make a couple of errors, I, th- I think it could get ugly. Yeah. I think it could get Goro Mortal Kombat ugly. But Seas approved um, last year, rolled in week one, went into the grand final, intercept was the difference. I know it was a different game and a different Penrith. But yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if I see it that way this time around. But if they uh, get some points early, they'll get their tail up. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Oh, yeah. And I guess probably the biggest one here, and it's obvious you say this every week, the physical version of Latrell needs to turn up here. Not throwing cutout passes and hand on the ball and playing to the crowd and all that bullshit. Block all that crap out. Stop interacting with that and doing everything else. Be physical. Start the sets well. When you're inside 20, run the football. Let's do a preview later in the week. Let's get angry. But there you go. That's the odds for those two games, thanks to Bluebet. .com.au and the Premiership market now with those four teams left. I don't think there's going to be any surprise. The Panthers are $1.80 favourite. South's now equal favourite with the Parramatta Eels for the Premiership. $5.50. The Cowboys, $6. So biggest odds for them, even though they've got the home final. Yep. So bluebet.com.au agreeing with you that Parramatta, um, in their eyes, more likely to find their way through to the grand final. Even though they're outsiders in the head-to-head terms of uh, framing a market for the Premiership. For the Premiership. For the Premiership. They're the favourites. And again, as it was the last few weeks, the offer for week through the finals on all finals games. If you back a team head-to-head in their lead by six or more at halftime, Bluebet will pay you out as a winner. Up to $100 winnings, six or more at halftime. You lead, you win. Terms and conditions apply. Gamble responsibly. Uh, any other talking points? No, Super League. Yeah. Yeah, watch the... So they're Leeds, in the through to their grand final. Yeah, Leeds, Leeds had to beat Castle just to make it. Where were, they were last, weren't they? Or second nah, last? No, they were. Yeah, they were. They're in the bottom three or four. I think they lost maybe their opening six games, something like that. Um, 
Rowan Smith took over. Well, I remember watching the TV and they were even the ex-Leeds guys were talking this is going to take years and yeah. we're in a bad spot and now yeah. they're in a grand final. But I think prior to the year they were considered to be one of the chances to knock off well, St. Helens. Blake so, Austin, Aiden Seattle, that was yeah. a pretty good side. Yeah, well it is a good side. They're, they've got a very, very good side but yeah, they're playing a different style of footy. They're certainly passing the ball more and they look a little bit more organised and when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Uh, yeah, he's done a fantastic job with them, Rowan Smith, and they are uh, yeah they they had to beat cast. They were down eight nil with eight minutes to go. They were they weren't even going to make the finals, uh, and then got it back to eight all and scored a late try to get into the semis. Then went to France last week and beat Catalan, and then yeah, rolled Wigan at home, and Wigan hadn't lost a game at home at all the, year at the DW at the DW. Because that Janet Brooks every week was reminding Matty Pete, yeah, I'm just reminding you again, you haven't lost to the DW. Yeah, St. Helens, uh, Janet Brooks, she's she's bloody outstanding on um, Sky. The the job, she's it's very similar to Lara Pitt. Mm. Unbelievable. Aussie girl, she's, um, well, I think she's an Aussie girl. Yeah. She's been. an absolute champion. Uh, Brian Carney's on there as well. They, they got Their coverage on Sky Rugby League is unreal. Who's the uh, guy on the teleprompter? He's good. Uh, Johnny, yeah, Wells, yeah. Johnny Wells. I like how they do that, and I like how they bring yeah. the players in. They, they bring, bring players in. Mate, French and go, if you've never way. watched the pre or post game shows, do yourself a favor. It's good. It's unreal, man. I don't watch a lot of. I, it. I love the Super League, but I saw that bit the other week, and I was like, I don't really like your football, but I like this. They've got stuff. more footy nerds on there than what the we do on our. Yeah, we've got the opposite. We, we, we got a bunch of people Australia is shit. just jobs for the boys and mates, and the footy's better, but the TV coverage footy. is not. But the other one, I watch some of the games. Like the games are ordinary, but the analysis is great. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, and then last night Salford played St Helens, and geez, man, that was close game too. There was a penalty try. Didn't play obviously. Croft didn't play for Salford. Yeah, he's nominated for Man of Steel. Man of Man of Steel, and uh, yeah, they were. Tim Lafoy was denied what looked to be a penalty try, which would have um, made it a one point game. It was nineteen twelve, I think, at the time, and Makinson got Simbin with seven to go, and um, yeah, they just. From that point on, St Helens just survived. And mm. So Leeds versus uh, Saints. Leeds is, Saints. Is this Saints third in a row or fourth in a row? This will be their fourth in a row. And how many is Wolf? Has Wolf been there for all? I think Wolf's he... won two. This will be three in a row for Wolf. Okay. Before um, he goes to the, the Dolphins. Yeah. Have they named a replacement for him yet? Uh, no, I was Googling that last night. I was only wondering. I was Googling that last night. I, I couldn't find it. So that should be interesting then. Oh uh, yeah, St Helens will be favourites, but after watching St Helens last have, night, they're very have, very have, have, have they confirmed Caesar yet? Because we were talking about this before. Their concussion protocol is different to us. It's ten or eleven days. Yeah. Caesar, I've heard somewhere that he passed, but it's category one. So I was like, is he playing or is he not playing? Yeah, I would imagine he's going to be playing. Well, I don't know if he can under their rules. So that'd be two games in two weeks where two halfbacks haven't had a play. Yeah, no, they haven't named one. So that would be interesting. For Christian Wolf. So if Caesar doesn't play, you think Saints 
you think this is a huge overachievement for Leeds considering? Probably, is this a huge overachievement even if they lose the grand final? Massive. My other next question is going to be here. We talk about all these coaches. A job like this, the job he's done in Queensland Cup previously and the apprenticeship he's had, does Rowan Smith come to circle someone over here? Well, he should. Because this is what we're talking about. He again. should. Guys that do he should. real apprenticeships, assistant jobs everywhere, Queensland Cup jobs, North Devils turning a bit of a powerhouse, go to a job that everyone's saying can't be turned around, make a grand final. Like, if you're ticking those sort of boxes, at some point, sure, you're coming to a Raider. I'd like to hope so. He's not that he's old, He's been to a few in our office. 40s. He's been in late thirties. I think he'd be forty odd. So he's still got plenty of time. Forties, yeah. Right in the vintage of it all. Yeah. And he's been to England, Australia, cup systems. He's been everywhere. Perfect apprenticeship. I agree. He's been at all levels. So. I agree. Yeah. Again, he's when 41. we talk about guys being recycled, no offense, but instead of recycling the same old coaches, these, well, that this is the issue, and that's that's, you know, we talk about it a lot off air, but like in my situation, I look and go, well, how how do I get a break? And Someone has to employ you. Well, yeah, I, I get that, but you, well, the, the way it works here is the same sort of guys get gigs. That's how it works. Yeah, it's uh, the club. The club I'm at now, look, they didn't hesitate giving me the New South Wales Cup job, and you know we made a bloody good fist of it while I while I had that job, and um, yeah, hopefully hopefully that um, happens again for next year because we don't have an NRL feeder and the club's going through a bit of a process at the moment just to look at whether. It's feasible to put a cup in standalone, and which is essentially what we did this year because Canterbury were giving us no one, mm. um, and we, you know, well particularly the players did a unreal job just yeah punching well above you know what anyone expected of them. So the club's got to make a decision on whether it's financially beneficial or yeah, feasible to do it, etc. If that's the case, like I just want to continue in that role and. Um, you know, I know the club is pretty keen to have me on again, which would be unreal. Uh, but yeah, like I sort of look and go, well, how? What's what's the next step? Particularly when Mounties isn't NRL affiliated, like you're not working with other NRL clubs. So that's the that's the downside of that that gig. But to think that you're getting results in that sort of situation would think that a few doors would open. But my phone ain't ringing off the hook. No. Nah. So um, that that's the reality of it. Mm. And that's not me sucking. No, well, it's just what we're talking it's about. It's reality. Man. That's that's Again. how it is. So, like, I, I sort of look and go, do I have to go to Queensland Cup? Do I have to go to England? How, how do you yeah, what's your next sort of take that to next try and step? break yeah. the ice or find a way in? Or It's not even about that. It's not that I think I deserve a job. It's just more for me, how do I develop and progress? Well, you, you just don't understand. Without just jumping at every job. Because yeah, I, don't, I don't want every job. No, but you just don't I've, also, been, you, I've been offered some opportunities. You also can't just stand still. These are the point you're making, though. Mm. You can't just go, oh, well, this is good and I'm happy. Like, if you want to progress. Yeah. That's not to say that I haven't been offered things. No. Nah. Um, but other than the right I've been, that's, that's more the point. And, and that's what we're talking about. You, you could just I'll take look and I go, and yeah, yeah I, I could go and do that. And then I, I always think, what's after that? Yeah. Where does that go to? And a lot of them are just... Yeah, they're they're not they're not going to get me to where I want to go. Mm. Not where I need to go. I don't need to go anywhere. I just need to be happy and um, feeling as though I'm learning. You know, yeah. like if I'm learning, then I'm getting better. And yeah, you want to learn, you want to progress, you want to be yeah. challenged. It's all that so, stuff. It all comes part of it. Um, yeah, but I look at what Rowan's done. Like I'm, I um, communicate a little bit with Rowan, and uh, yeah, I'm going to have a chat to him at the end of the year and just see what he thinks about England and see what his advice is for me at this point in my career as well but yeah I love what he's doing because it, it going back to your, the original point and the point 
we went down his line. I was going to make the point that you made. That, you know, how do you... He, he's he been doing good things for a long time. Yeah, but this come off the back of, we've heard Gus say so many times, well, there's no coaches. There's no there's coaches. No coaches. Well, I'm like, well, I disagree. There's no coaches. I think there's plenty of coaches out there, the same deal, that have never given the opportunity to progress. I mean, I think this is the thing. But I'd also love, I'd also love for, like I was at Canterbury for the last two years. Essentially, we've been affiliated with Canterbury. But... I even, we haven't we haven't had any coaching development. I even look at Jason Demetrio though. Jason Demetrio won Queensland Cup, New South Wales Cup, coached overseas, come back here. Would he have ended up getting a job if Wayne Bennett didn't sort of hitch himself to him at his point in career and go, look, if you come with me, which is essentially what happened. And he, yeah. I've told I've said this on here. It's not a knock on Wayne Bennett. Every, guys have literally said it, and I won't name names. <laughs> that he didn't do a lot of the coaching. He's more there as man management. He's great for the group. That's not knocking anything he did. But he, Demetrio was basically doing the majority of the coaching. All the attacks been in the last few years. Don't get it twisted. Yeah. But he's, that's Wayne. Wayne is smart enough to realise I'm not up with the modern bits and bobs on this if I get the right people around me. Yes, but I look at that yeah. and go, for a guy like Demetrio, what he did in Queensland. But that would be his canvas. You paint the picture. Same deal. Like, Would he have ever got that opportunity if he didn't stick with Wayne Bennett? You don't know. But that's the sort of people we're talking about. Where you do see these guys every so often and go, "How's this guy?" Never yeah, but who, had a look what here. my point is, who is developing coaches? So we always talk about, you know, we need to develop players, we need to develop players. We bitch and moan that there's no coaches, mm. but there is coaches. There is, but you're also not developing them. No, you're not because you're you're not. Our, univers- our universities are. The NRL is to a degree via. I don't. Even, I don't. Even, I'm not even sure. I put it this way: like I've been, I've been in, in at the elite level of coaching through junior rep or you know New South Wales Cup, Massey Flag, Matt's Ball, all that for the last twelve years, and no one has ever rung me from the NRL, the New South Wales Rugby League, and said, "Hey, would you like to come and do this? This will help you. This is professional development." It's all been sourced by myself. Yeah. Um. And you know, the on the back only, of the on the back of the Paul Green one, the Paul Green one was massive, just to show the impact that you know the, the probably the mental impact coaching has on on people because it is fucking stressful. It's a stressful job. Like I, I stew stew and um, stew over every result because you just you work your ass off all week. I can't imagine what it's like at the NRL level or origin level, like what Green was going through. Yeah, when you, especially when you get to that level, yeah. you've built so I'm not, everything I'm up to that. I'm by no means comparing myself to an elite coach, but I know how much every result means to me. So I can only imagine what it meant, means to. Yeah, you think about what someone like Michael Maguire went through this year. Mm. The last few years, yeah, they get better. Yeah, even Nathan Brown. Just the, the wear and tear that yeah, it has. He's been and, and Nathan Brown just goes, look, I'm, I'm, I just don't want to do it anymore. Well, look at him, though. He rebuilt clubs. He, every tour he went, he had a shit sandwich. And then and Paul Green, he... you know, the impact that last year's Origin Series had on him, the poor bugger. That takes a tough bastard. So, yeah, I think there's a little bit more that needs to be done in the development space for coaches, but also a welfare place for coaches because we just kick the shit out of yeah, them and sack them. And look, just... at, like, look at poor old Trent Barrett. Yeah, but even assistance though, like when Gus and was out know, the other night, like, I was going to say. The amazing, well, the amazing thing was when source a young assistant. No, though, when like, look when, at when all the stuff happened, you learn you learn about people when people lose jobs because a lot of people rung me and wanted Mick Potter's number when Mick got the the NRL job, but no one wanted Mick Potter's number when he was a New South Wales Cup coach. No, of course they didn't. And that's that's the way footy is. Teaching yourself Sad, to a bandwagon. Sadly, that's the way footy is. Yeah. Um, but no one was no one was ringing. Asking for Trent Barrett's number. 
to see how he was. No. And that's that's the shit shit thing about yeah, a lot of the stuff that goes on internally within rugby league and mate, the game and the people within the game, sadly a lot of a lot of them just eat themselves. Yeah. Which is But my point ever again. Well, like, I just think to sit you need, there, to, need to do more to sit definitely there. do more in the space of coach development. But yeah, as I said earlier, like we've been at the Bulldogs for two years and we've been affiliated and the coaching development I've got at well, in my role at Mounties, via, well, you know, handcuffed to Canterbury, has been through Mounties. Zero of it's been through Canterbury. Yeah, well, they obviously they're won't. the NRL club. So if they if they're saying that there's no coaches out there, yeah, who are you I'll be saying, well, who are we who are we developing as a club? Like we're we're obviously off with Canterbury and um, at Penrith, you know, the, the coaching development at Penrith is. Well, while I was there, it was it was outstanding. It was it was it was learning via doing and learning via just having some really really good people there. And um, you know, Matt Cameron was and still is a a mentor of mine, and he's someone who I, I owe a lot to. Chris Hutchinson at Mounties again, he he's on the same level as as Matt. Like I've just been lucky to have these really good mentors around me. Yeah, but even there, I was going to have those two guys. Where's, I wouldn't be anywhere. Where, where's progression though? For you know, like I don't know, uh, like what's the old mate's name? He's been there for bloody four or five years now. Kyle Churchill's still the Mats coach, isn't he? I don't know. I'm pretty sure he's got named again. But like I know some people might be happy just doing that again. But we're same deal. After four or five years, if you went in and doing well, do you progress? Yeah, that's, that, that's of, the, well. That's the reason I left there. But that's my point. For that's there. the reason I'm I'm I left. Not, there. I, love, saying, I love the club. I, I loved being there, but I I just identified. And it was a bit of a shock to a lot of people, I think, that I left there. But I left there because um, Gus actually said said to me one day, just off the cuff, and I don't even know whether he's like, you, at some point you also need to learn what it's like to lose and learn what it's like to be in a difficult situation. Well, he, he follows us on Twitter now. <laughs> yeah, okay. Very rarely. Yeah. So, yeah, it was just, and I, I never, I never for, forgot him saying that and... Um, yeah, I just, I got to a point where, you know, I had a pretty frank conversation with a few people at Penrith and they said, look, you're probably not going to be a 20s coach or higher here. So if that's what you want to do, then you need to go. Yeah. And And that was, that was unreal. Like I appreciate them saying that to me rather than stringing me along and saying yes. Yeah. And I would have, I would have wasted, I might even still be there now on the, on the whim that, you know, I might be a cup coach and I've gone away uh, and you know, within five or six years, I've become what I wanted to to become. Yeah. Just to clarify a point as what I said before, though, I don't know Churchy. I, I think you do, but I'm, oh, I don't. I don't. No, I don't know him the that point way, I'm making. No. We have people probably listen to this who are Penrith and know him as well. I'm not saying about in a bad way, but I'm just saying like, I look at something like that and go, okay, he's not been there for four or five years. He coaches a school program. He obviously does a good job. Yeah. But they haven't moved him up, or right? does he want to move? I don't know. Some people happy doing what they're doing. But I looked at them the last few years and go, nothing's really changed there. Yeah, but I would think for someone like Kyle, like so, if they're coaching coaches or building coaches at some I, point, I don't you progress somebody? I haven't had a conversation with Kyle since we did that academy stuff together. Yeah, I'm in just saying, I don't, I don't seventeen know or whatever saying, it is. But I've looked at them the last few years, and I'm like, their coaches haven't changed on any level for how long? Like, so, yeah, but what, I'm getting to the point. If he's putting in that much time, you'd think he'd want to progress. That's what I'm saying. Mm. Yeah, so, but I'm just I've looked at them. I think their SG coach changed. Okay, um, I, I don't know. Scott Thompson, I think I saw the other day. He won it last year, but I don't think that was who it was before. Okay. 
uh, Ralphie did, didn't he? And now he's up doing. He's doing fleet. fleet. And Ben had that before that, and Ben's now an NRL assistant. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't, know. I, don't, I don't follow it. Because, I, again, it's just... Well, I just watch a lot of the junior grades and see the names, but there's a few that I've seen for a long time in certain jobs that I might similar deal what you're talking about. Mm. When clubs or some people say, oh, we don't have coaches, I'm like, well, you have coaches internally, but sometimes I think some people are happy to have coaches at certain levels because it's hard to get good coaches. Mm. And they try to hold them there for as long as they can because then at some point you have to replace them. And when you need development, sadly as it is at some times... Uh, maybe they don't do the best four coaches in certain positions because it's beneficial to them. And I'll say this, I think... It is beneficial to have a good Matson ball coach. The difference between... Like, now that I've learnt this, the difference between coaching Matts, Ball and 20s to coaching Cup is massive. Huge. You're dealing with men and professionals (laughs) and adults and ex and old players and up-and-comers who... Yeah. Miss the twenties or think like there's all different personalities, body types, brain types. It's a very different kettle of fish to the up. Matt's and Ball are still dealing with mostly young fellas and kids, and mm. you know you get the occasional parent or a kid or yeah, a manager even, or whatever. Even but... in terms of tactics, strategies, oh. players, how we should play, you know what we should be doing, mm. where we're going, all that stuff. Yeah, you know who we should be targeting. But I guess to. Probably wrap things and, up. And coaching them. Coaching them. Because coaching Mats and Ball kids, a lot a lot of those guys oh. can't catch pass, they can't Yeah, tackle. that's a fundamental skill. You're reviewing the same how, things over how, how do you coach an elite player? And I'll I, I tell you what, prior to probably this year, last year, before actually having done it, I thought I knew how to do it. And I had fuck all idea how to do it. Mm. Now I've got a pretty good idea. A, through doing it. And B, through having... Such good players to coach, and such good people around me to help me do it. Mm. That and that's as honest as I can be. Right? To think that you know how to do it, you've got an idea. You know, you know the theory behind it, mm. but the actual practice. I, 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 this is me. I need to learn via doing, and going. Okay, that worked. Well, that, I guess again. that didn't. That this is, and you just get that gut feel. You build relationships. You. And then you start to fucking challenge players. That That's... Yeah. Mm. But to sum up the point again of where, where these coaches come from, well, again, don't rehire the same people. I'm not saying they're not yeah. worthy of jobs. But know what you've got. My yeah. point is know what you've got. Have those people in. But don't hire... Again, if you want to break the cycle, there's plenty of guys out there. Like, I look again, looking at Rowan Smith doing what he's done or other guys yeah. that have gone across or... But he's had to go halfway around the you, world you to could, do it. You can also look for years, like I said, Demetrios and these guys, why did it take so long to find an opportunity in as an assistant yeah. or a head coach? There's, he's not the only one that I'm highlighting. That's the point. There's guys in cup and flag and things for years that you look at and then they suddenly disappear and you go, where'd he go? Mm. Because for the same reason, the door's blocked or they have a change in situation or they stop pursuing it or even the assistants. There's so many guys that have had multiple assistance roles. I'm not saying they can't coach, but it's no different to a progression for a guy that potentially could be a head coach in the future. Oh, we're lacking on the offensive side of the ball. That's why this guy who's already had six jobs and is doing the same thing and just getting a paycheck, and he probably does a solid job. Go out, scour the New South Wales Cup or the Queensland Cup, look at trends, look for who's doing this, or someone, oh, this guy's been fucking outstanding the last years and attacking, look what he's done with player A, B, C, D. And that's there's yeah, your you progression know what? right and there. The, probably the point we haven't touched on, player managers also yeah, well, they, we know, dictate we a lot in what happens with coaches I won't well. name managers again, but I said this to you when I delved into that world myself that when I went with who I went with he basically said immediately I'll deal with all 16 clubs and get your feedback and I got real phone calls and then I talked to a few other guys that I 
had lived with, and I, there's two specific agencies uh, that are very obvious that are aligned to like a group of four. And you wonder why, but it's because they control a lot of what happens within those clubs, whether it be junior That's levels, part about being a cup coach. Flag, Just Matsport, but why would you... Well, dealing with as a player, though, if I'm going to pay you, you don't fucking tell me I'm going with four clubs. You should be dealing with everybody. Yeah. Like, I know it's good to have a hand-in-hand relationship, but if you've been to a handful of those clubs where you're not wanted, essentially what you're saying after that is you don't have a relationship you're with other assuming, clubs. Or... You're assuming that players and player agents are connected. They're not. They're not. Well, you should know who you're signing. They don't. A lot of them don't because they've got so many. No, I'm not saying that. Kids, do a bit of research. Well, they don't. Or be smart. They don't. They get swindled and... Yeah, there's a lot of it happening. A lot of it happening, unfortunately. Hmm. Yeah, but the, the other side of it for me is family. I, I'm not going to... I'm not going to do things to the detriment of my kids. Yeah, but even you saying about rep clubs as well, I think you sort of introduced it at our junior club before we, you got really heavy into a lot of the junior rep stuff and I know they've sort of done it on and off. I think it's come and gone a few times. Like coach the coaches and that's different but even at a high level you should be doing that. Yeah. If you're the Bulldogs or you know even your Penrith like you, you get your best coaches in from your C grades or your 16s or your 18s if you see some good coaches and invite them in for some development. Put them in with your yeah. your mats and your ball, your flag, or give them some principles and some ideas during the year and development internally because that's going to give you more coaches for the future too. Yeah. So same as what Gus is saying right well, now. Hey, we were doing it the last, gonna the last back... month at Mounties. We were having yeah, coaching juniors, staff in. Yeah. You did it at Brothers where we got some guys in from every single level and we started doing like academy things for guys that weren't making yeah. junior development squads or mats and ball squads and trying to coach up those kids as well as coach coaches at the same time. It was a beneficial round. But like for Gus, you're going, oh, we, we, where are the coaches come from? Well, you're bringing back Rennie Mature, Willie Mason, all these other ex-guys as well. Similar deal, like who's... Yeah, I don't think he's bringing them back to coach. No, but they are. They're yeah, involved more... in those things. So he, yeah, like, yeah, I think it's more grow them more or mentors. get your coaches to coach your juniors or coaching development. I think Millard's your development guy. Like people like that should be out there in your junior league or said doing the same thing, inviting opportunity for people in your junior leagues and people in your systems to develop and coach. Yeah, but they want to protect their jobs. Because you can, yeah, that's the thing. Though. You can also be, you can be part of the problem by saying the same thing if you're also one of these people that's hired someone who's had six or seven jobs and been around the cycle because it's one thing to say that but you're also part of the problem when you hire the same people over and over again Yeah, he's hired a new coach now sure but I'm sure he's had assistants or people over the years that have had jobs that he's given a job to for a similar reason it's not saying they can't do the job but are they the right person for the job is it heading in a new direction is it progressing you is it taking you forward I don't know but I I think if you kept your eyes on all levels you'd definitely find some handy guys that could do better jobs or offer more as assistants or progress into certain levels that don't get that opportunity. Yeah. But there you go. We've just gone on a 15, 18 minute roundabout coach and <laughs> all sorts of that. Yeah, that's okay. Well, good bangs. Sunday night special box head. Not many of these left, my friend. Yeah, long and short, I've got no idea what I'm doing next year and what time is it? What date is it? It's almost October. Man, I've got no idea. As a coach. Times, but I'm not in your position. I just yeah. go, I'm talking about life. I just don't know what I'm yeah. doing full stop for anyone. Everyone's like, oh, do you know what you're doing next year? Everyone that I see just ask me now. So, I've got no idea. Yeah. Good times. Life, eh? <laughs> oh, I'm not stressed it's about it. It's a bitch. I'm not stressed about it at all. Yeah. You'll be right. You'll be right. Yeah. I have faith. I yeah, got... I, I don't. Because I know what the game's I don't know pray or anything, by the way, but you know, I've got faith. Pray to the Lord. I've got faith in the Colonel. Sweet baby Jesus. I've got faith in Colonel Sanders. If someone can create delicious herbs and spices, 
believe there's something there for you, my friend, to coach. You. Yeah. Right. Might be at KFC. If not, we'll, we'll, go, we'll go coach under nines again. No, I won't be doing that. <laughs> I will not be doing that. I don't know good how old, many... Good old Dean Bloor. I don't know how many times I've had... Sean O'Sullivan was mate, around. Mates now, there. I laugh when you say this. Mates now that have got kids and they're like, oh, you want to coach when they're like, no, never. Never. And they look at me and they're like, wow, I'm like, fuck no, nah, never again. Take the age group I never coach. And this I'll is... tell you who was in, when you were talking about that development program, who was in the under-12s when we ran that was Isaac Tago. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. The Tago's were at Brothers. Yeah. I think his brother might have been I think there as well. Coop's the president. I think he's bloody related to him. I think they're his uh, nephews. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. I, yeah. I remember I was going over, going through my external hard drive last week and I had the names from that academy in there and yeah, sure enough. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, the age group I laughed about, I remember one of my mates was saying, it's like, well, what's an age group you never coach again? I'm like 12, 13s. Yeah. And it's anyone out there, you've, if you've got kids that age, you listen to us or you got kids that, it wasn't the kids, it was the parents. The parents are crazy. Yeah. God bless him. Parents it's a crazy. weird age, but I did it probably at the worst possible time. I was 20 and just finished playing. And when people ask me questions, I'm like, dude, I don't even know what I'm fucking doing in my life. And you're asking about your teenage kid. Yeah. I'm a mess. And you're asking me questions about your teenager. Yeah. I'm a fucking giant child. I've got no idea. Don't ring me with your life. <laughs> don't ring me with your life problems. I'm fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> what are you asking me for? Yeah. You're the fucking parent. You give me some advice. I'm yeah. struggling. You learn a lot about life coaching those. Uh, yeah, I just laugh though because I'm like, I'm 20. I've got like some 35 year old asking me questions. I'm like, fuck, dude, you should give me advice. You're a parent. I just finished high school. I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing my life and you're giving me for fucking guidance on your teenager. I'm like, dude, I was a teenager about seven years ago. If I was hungry, if I was angry, I was either hungry or tired. And they generally don't like you at that age and they like girls. That's about all I can tell you. I've got nothing I remember, I, I remember one thing I learned. One year, like I used to, I used to do warm ups, and then I used to talk to the team. Mm. This is going back like ten years ago, and now I look at it and go, it's the fucking stupidest thing to do ever because you're warming them up and then you're talking to them and they're cooling back down again. Anyway, one night, this dad who was he'd had about sixteen schooners. <laughs> he said, "Think I know who it is?" No, no, you don't. <laughs> it's not. It's not who you think it. I think it. Bullshit. Anyway, he. Well, I've got um, three names in mind, but he goes, it wasn't the first one. You should. You should. Uh, you should think about how you're running your trainer sessions. And I was like, <laughs> "What is going?" Like he almost knocked me out with his yeah, breath. Fuck off, Rummy. I was like, seriously, man. <laughs> and then he and then he actually said what he had to say, and I was like. You know what? You're right. And he like almost fell over. I was like... Wisdom of the bottle. Yeah. yeah. I said, well, when you get to sit there and drink beers and watch my training sessions, that's... Yeah. You can give me feedback. All right. Story time on coaching things. I want to finish on a high. I want to finish on a good one. You know my favorite coaching moment of all time? What? It's a day we were short of troops. The year we we had some injuries. We didn't get to pick a lot of players because the club, God bless them, always tried to skimp it on numbers and spread across the three divisions. So we only started the year with two on the bench. We were short. I think we played Emu in the rain and we murdered him. And a particular kid who were named Nameless got smashed, knocked out, KO'd. His dad's yelling, saying, leave him on. And I've told uh, Brett Man to go get said player and go, nah, like the game's done. It's all good. His well-being comes first and said father again comes over and starts, you know, basically telling him that he's soft and he should go back on and put him back on this. Oh, no, he's done. He's concussed. He's ice in his head. Was I there this day? No, you weren't. But the best oh, part was, so. I'm like, it this. was middle of winter in the riff. It was fucking raining sideways. It was about legit two degrees. I looked down. Not only is he blind, he's got no shoes on. He just walked over. I'm like, oh my God. I'm looking at him like, fucking hell. You want, you want him back on? He's skittled. Like, he's... Eyes are rolling, he's had like a poker machine, he's bashed, it's under yeah. 12. There were no and then hope. when he rolled over and I'm like, he's not talking sense. And I look down, I'm like, no, I don't get fucking talking sense. No, he's lit. 
He's fucking walking. <laughs> he's walking around in a blizzard in fucking two degrees in the winter, and he's got no shoes on, and he's just not even carefree. Just so like, ah, he's fine. Like, anyway, he's hard. I'm like, you are a hard dog. Yeah. You got no shoes on. All those beers have warmed you up. And talking about concussions and putting you back on it was in that sort of moment again. I was like, yeah, I could write a book on this coaching year's, this year's coaching, coaching young no, kids. No, just that. this year from May till. The end of August, I could write a book on it. Honestly, the moment you moved us up, like when I just finished and we started doing 17s, 18s and above, I was just sort of like, thank God. This is I, I love kids. Kids are great. But in terms of parents and everything that come with kids... They either drive themselves or they get dropped off and picked there's up. There's more complication to the off-field stuff than there is the football. There's yeah. it's, there's more of a battle on that side. There's some great ones and then there's some fucking crazy ones. Yeah. You get to the older age groups, it's just footy. It's yeah. great. Yeah, so footy until easier. they get arrested. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> that's different that's got nothing to do with footy yeah that's Mad Monday after you win comps that's right shit gets funny oh, get your hands off me hands off go any of y'all see Gary Boys Elizabeth I know who we're talking no, about no, 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 uh, he shall remain nameless but that's still one of the funniest things I've ever seen yeah. of all the people I think I would have seen in handcuffs he is not the one I would have yeah. picked I've run into him a couple of times since too and I said it to one of our players afterwards because he come to me and he goes I think we broke him I'm like I think we did yeah now he's reformed. He's reformed. God right. bless him. <laughs> oh, what a legend! Oh, there you go. You've heard us go on a coaching rant and some life stuff, and uh, it's all well and good. So yeah. there you go. Play on. Free Sunday. Free content. Bit of a Sunday night. You know, for the whingers, we're fucking in person tonight. So a lot of people that whinge it were when it's via phone. Oh, like I said, I had, I had the vid. So yeah, we're both crook. We you got it out there. I get it. It's not the best. I, I always say it to you. We always try to do it. In person as much as you possibly can. We will can, have but. a look at doing, what do they say, Skype or Zoom or whatever. I'm, yeah. not, I'm just not sure how the uploads and all that go. But yeah, we'll look, yeah, at, it. We'll look at it in the off-season. It's an off-season thing to sort yeah. out. Because the last two years, you know, it, it was what it was. And around work and other things, like you said, life still went on. So it was... Yeah, that's right. It was just something that we had to work through. And again... Yeah, I'm, well, during COVID, I'm also... Worked. If anyone hasn't figured out one hour after all these years, I know most people are like, how the fuck? I'm not tech-savvy at all. Yeah, this, I, I reckon I'm better, particularly this year after having to work on all the my microphone software. Literally plugs in with the USB. I don't have a mixing board. There's nothing special going on here. This is a microphone, and we talk. Yeah, I do not get. Well, it's paid. been the same microphone since 2013. I don't get paid to produce on a computer. I'm not a oh. fucking mixologist. I'm not that savvy. Like oh. I play with high voltage cables for a living. Who's developing and, our podcasters? That's where we're at. Right? Yeah. So you need to do some professional development, mate. I need to do some <laughs> around my job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. YouTube, it's the best professional development you'll ever I'll fall asleep with some guy talking in a monotone voice saying, This is we'll the. find someone exciting. This is the Mixmaster 3000. Find a good looking rooster who's going to tell you about it. Yeah. All good. All right. There you go. There's an interesting last 25 minutes for you. Enjoy. Yeah. That, uh, that brought to you by bluebet.com.au. <laughs> if you can have a bet with anyone, do it with the true blue bookies. Download the app today or visit the website and uh, Jakey Boy and the Parent of Soul Centre. I spoke to him the other day. I want to see his new factory with his fucking name I, um, written I, in the roof in panels. I went to the good guys there next door to it. The today. place is a monstrosity. I saw all the flags. Obviously, he, he's in behind the petrol station. Mate, he took, that right? Yeah, I think he took like all three yeah. buildings. I took Henley for a car wash today. I don't know if he listens anymore. Can you remember when we were Elon kids, of you used to fucking freak out in car washes? It's because fucking the windows went down. <laughs> Mum put, you know why? Mum left the windows down once and I freaked out because I was yeah. like five and I was like, what the fuck? You were scared. <laughs> and I was like, that's, you that's, were scarred for life. That's how mum do it, Tina. Yeah. So Louis, uh, Henley was in the car today and yeah. I was a bit apprehensive putting him through the car wash. Yeah, Because it was the nah, exact but, same car wash. Now you know the reason why. Kids. You didn't put the windows down. No. <laughs> I made sure they were up. 
If you're four or five years old and you turn your head... And some... I did actually open it mid-car wash because it had pushed me yeah. mirror in. Well, that was the other thing I used to love. The amount of times that Dad told Mum to make sure she put the arrows and everything that we went in there and she snapped an arrow off. I was just like, no wonder the windows were down that time. Oh. Space cadet. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about uh, panel beating. Fuck. Talk about digging up more memories again. This just keeps on getting better oh. and better. We yeah. should, we'll just do it one, one time. It's not football, just life. Yeah. If you actually knew what was going on in our two heads, when people say great analysis and in-depth thought, if you actually knew what was really going through our heads, you'd be yeah. fucking scared. Yeah. Let me give <laughs> That's all right. Or, like I've said a million times, I know people get frustrated. If we ever did have a night off the drink and you got to see either of us get real deep into the source, in particular myself, I get real chatty. I'm chatty at the best of times. Yeah. But if you want to see someone literally not stop... A lot more than me. Yeah, if you want to see someone literally not stop talking, add a few fucking skewed armies into the mix, yeah. a couple of vodka Red Bulls, and the knees loosen up. Bit of jungle juice. Good times. Well, there you go. Hopefully that's a good start to everybody's week. Enjoy the analysis. And if you get this far into the back end of it, well, good luck to you. Sure, they will. It's probably the most interesting part of the podcast. Good times. All right, everybody. We'll be uh, back on Wednesday. We'll break down those two preliminary finals and talk about any other news that's going on. Because we've got public holidays Thursday too. I don't. I'm working. Again, we'll talk about it again. Spare time and everything else and looking into some professional development. I've got fucking... Oh, a 12 hour day mate so, yeah, well you get paid double or we're talking through that at the moment actually otherwise I wouldn't be working day and other things. yeah I know that's what the argument is we, we've talked about getting this in writing about what's going on so. yeah definitely power to the people our school graduation was supposed to be Thursday so it's been moved to Wednesday thankfully good times so come Wednesday night when we do our next podcast my uh, my well role apart from doing the formal for my year 12 advisor will be over there you go well we'll have a look during the week to see if there's any other sort of news I know oh. people would probably bring up oh there's World Cup squads and I think like I'm waiting for the season to be over until they're all sort of finalised and we'll do some content probably around the World Cup yeah. um, there's been a few groans during this podcast we're watching Arsenal who? Brentford yeah there's been, there's been some cracking goals been some good goals put it that way um, I know there's also been some more Brisbane talk, but I don't really get into that right now. We'll let that. Iken and Kevy not getting along. Sort of play out, but apparently. Yeah, I'll look at some stuff during the week, and if there's any good talk. When you lose and you go out like that, it's, it's hard. Yeah. And you're going to. Yeah. People are going to butt heads. Yeah. Just well, don't like how public it is. Yeah, well, clearly, again, leaking and other things, it's coming out of the joint. So, as to who's doing it or who's in who's, in who's interest it is to do it. Yeah. Um, Something to talk about, I guess, like I said, later on. But we'll see how it pans out. But for now, everybody, uh, if you're a Sharkies fan or a Raiders fan, condolences. But good seasons. If you're a Parramatta fan, you're obviously pretty bloody happy. Finally converted into a prelim. Let's see if they can get themselves back into the grand final. That's what I'm looking forward to. What? The Matt Nabel intro tomorrow night. How about this guy? How about... And this guy. The Penny Panthers. Brad Arthur. The South Sydney Rabbitohs. They leaked... <laughs> they leaked information during the week so he took a leak on the Raiders <laughs> and said fuck you no, it'll, be, it'll be the preview for this week it's always the you know the Fox promo gets released it's three minutes it's great turn on loving just Parkway preliminary, wig, wig preliminary final week just Parkway jamming on the ads like you're gonna pay us to fucking go mad in a new stadium with fireworks and shit it's awesome yep. we'll fly it out from Byron just turn the fucking speed. What are they up. doing here? They're doing a minute of celebration at the 70th minute. She served seven years, didn't she? Oh, point? is that why? There you go. Yep. There you go. Bit of fruit for you. Ooh. This month. All right, for about the eighth time, I'm signing off. Yeah, bye-bye. Right. So I said again, if uh, Sharky's a Raiders fan... Night-night.
All the best for your season. Uh, oh, just one thing. If you haven't seen Blackbird on Apple TV... What the hell is Blackbird? Blackbird on it's Apple TV. <laughs> Seriously. What is it? Get amongst it. It's, long story short, um, a guy gets done for <coughs> dealing Pardon drugs me. and guns um, nice. and gets 10 years and... He's just trying to make a living. Gets offered... Um, and out if you can get a confession off a serial killer and go into maximum security oh, I've prison. I've seen the short for that. That guy yeah. looks fucking wig It is unreal. So I binge watched it. That's edgy. Six episodes. Yep, it you is. played bloody Elton yep. John. Now you tell yep. me he's a... Yeah, mate. It was on awesome. series unreal. Well, that's why he's an actor, isn't series it? Series unreal. That's I've right. just sat there and told you, he's bloody Elton John. Yeah, I was like... <laughs> Acting. Yeah. Ah. Stupid movie. Got me. Stupid beaver. Stupid beaver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, no, nah, that's worth a look. What else have I watched this week in, in COVID? Uh, so this sounds like COVID all over again. I started to watch the um, Arsenal All or Nothing. It's quite good. I'm not actually sure what the coach does apart from emotionally fire his team up. He's got draws on a draws on um, like butcher's paper, draws pictures and themes before the game. I was like, this is so interesting. He's a Spaniola. He's a bit, he's a bit Pep Guardiola-ish. Yeah, well, that's because he spent all his time with Pep. So he's probably trying there wasn't to a lot emulate of like Pep. I want tactics and I want to see. You want to see Pep coaching and got all that Pep stuff. with the magnets again? Did you see him? He's like, this guy goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I, can't, just... even, can't, even, <laughs> I can't even keep up with you, Pep. You, oh, just quietly again. I don't need the emotional. If anyone wants talk. a funny one, look up Pep Guardiola's speech to his players, which is about himself when he's there. There was this little boy, and he's in a village, and he grew up, and he became a champion and a coach, and he fucking smashed it. The boy is me. But it's, I'm, still, I'm not going to talk about myself. <laughs> I was like, you just literally fucking talked about you did, yourself, mate. Pep, it's and it's said it's you, fucking, did, you fucking smashed it. You fucking killed it, man. You fucking killed it. So, all right, Pet. Thanks, mate. I'll throw one out there. And again, completely as usual, my sense of humor is terrible. Bloke at work recommended me. It's a show. It's finished ages ago. I think it started in 09 and it went to 2015. But it's about a fantasy football league. It's called The League, isn't the it? The League. Yeah. I started watching The League the other day. The first, Timmy, Timmy Witt recommended the it. The first episode, I honestly was in tears. And I'm like, I don't know why it's taking me this long. But a guy at work just... Yeah. What's, what's it on? Uh, I found it on Disney+. Plus. Oh, right. Casey, my partner, watched it with me and was just like, what the fuck is going on? She's like, is this like you and your brother and your mates when you do ESPN and that? I'm like, no, but this is outstanding. It should be. The first episode on its own just had me. I was like, this is if this is what you get in 20-something minutes, what else did I watch? I'm on board. Oh, American Gigolo. That's on Steam. It's an ad for that. that it's just started. It's on. unreal. Yeah, two episodes in. Mate, we need to make, uh, this is what I've said to you a million times. We need to make a fifth and last network. We can do, we can be like Bill Simmons. Yeah, great. TV and movies. Cool, we're doing podcasts every night. Well, I need another job. Yeah, good. So. I, I could do that full time. Would people listen to it? And pay for it? That's the thing. I need to make a bloody... That's the I thing, need to get Bill Simmons level. I can't, I can't eat toast for the rest of my life, mate. Yeah, well, hopefully at some point you just turn into a coach and I'll be the Bill Simmons of Australia. I'll just yeah, talk to good. myself. We'll do it. I still don't know how he talks to himself half the time. He gets a lot of people on, mind you. Now. That's why he's got a whole network. Yeah. But... Well, him and Colin Cowherd just... Cowherd. How Cowherd just talks Cowherd does three hours a day basically on his pat and I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Well, he does his intros and... Yeah, but his voice is... I think Half an hour of intro just by himself usually. You need a distinct voice to listen to someone, I think, for that long. Yeah, if you had I, to listen to me talk on my own for I'm 30 off, minutes... I'm off Cowherd. I can't call Cowherd. I, I look at the highlights each day and I look at the taglines and if there's anything I'm actually interested in content wise I will I can't do it NBA time when he just goes on LeBron he lost me day. when he went on LeBron for is he still doing it is he NBA things he has LeBron and AD okay. stories and LA I can't, stories I can't so do it NBA season simple you don't listen he lost me for NFL I'm good but he's sort of losing me a little bit when I just read taglines 
because yeah. he'll bash Aaron Rodgers at any point. He'll defend yeah, Russell yeah. Wilson at any point. I'm just like, bro, yeah. same storylines, different service of the sandwich. Change it up a bit. When he does, he's blazing five. Or I tell you, what, actually, is pretty good. He just got he has his own network, the volume. He had uh, he's got Joe Burrow. On. Yeah. So yeah, Burrow this week, and I listened and like some insights and talked to him about quarterback playoffs and things he did. I'm like, this stuff interests me because you're actually getting it from the source. Yeah. And he's dishing it to you. Or he does his own one every week, the volume called Prime Cuts with Cowherd, and it's him talking to Pate Manning about finishing and they were talking about him being a GM and I'm like, this is fucking cool. This is sitting yeah. down raw, no bullshit, to uninterrupted. It's like 40 minutes of just solid with somebody really good. Yeah. Coaches, journos. So if you, again, if you're a Cowherd person, again, we're reveling here, don't look at that. Look for his weekly prime cuts because he generally gets a really good guest on and it's a straight up chat. Yeah, good. Like not a networky giggy ads filling in the time. Sure he should. Sort man. of thing. But yeah, wow, we've really, really stretched this one out. This is good. Oh. So there you go. You've got some TV recommendations. Anything else? You got a book for us? I don't read. Let's finish with a book. You got something? You read a book lately? Um, I've read the paper. That's about it. Last yeah. thing I read. Last last good book I've I was just I laughing read. like Oprah Book Club here. I was like, You read? I don't. I do one a week usually on Audible. I read menus. Where's my Audible? And drinks list. I'll give you one on Audible, <laughs> mate. I read a menu today. I read oh, a... the Bill Parcells book is unreal. Bill Parcells, former yeah, NFL coach. Football Life, that's pretty good. Football goes life. goes forever. There you go. Uh, the, in, the inner game of tennis is good. Who's that? Um that's by Tim Galway. Yeah, okay. Cool story. Gowie. Tim Gowie. There was one that I finished as well. It was Oh, anything by Malcolm Gladwell. I love Malcolm, Malcolm Gladwell. Gladwell. He's Bob, the... I'll tell you what's really good. If you don't want it, not sport related, but if you're a bit of a history buff, you like World War Two. it's called Bomber Mafia by Malcolm Gladwell. Unreal. Malcolm Gladwell. Go get, the, go get the yeah. audio book. He narrates it and he's really good to listen to. Um, and he's got actual interviews of... It's, it's like... It's not the book, it's the audio version of the book, which is actually like a production podcast. It's unreal. Bomber Mafia. Well, there you go. So we've given you everything. You've make, got... it, make it happen. If you haven't seen any of those I'm shows... I'm doing Jensen Button at the moment. It's um, yeah, yeah, former... Doing... Oh, book. His, his book, yeah. Okay. And we've obviously, on that before we go, we've both recommended Drive to Survive on Netflix. That's yeah. awesome. I pushed and pushed to get you into it and now you love it it's not that I didn't want to do it it was time around work and sitting down and set it because when I watch something I want to sit there and you're, like you're totally absorb fine. it and they're long episodes so when I looked at it I was like I need a weekend the second time I got COVID I was like I got shit loads of time in so I polished off about three seasons in a couple of days it's the greatest. and I was like this has worked out great the problem was I had so much to watch and then I ripped it off so quickly yeah. I was disappointed when I reached the end of it you can see why I flew down to Melbourne to watch GP this year that's oh, great. But I just love anything like that where you get a good insight. And it is a really good insight. Those guys don't hold anything back. It's great. Even when they're getting fucking angry or I don't want the cameras there and they're still mic'd up. I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah. And Gunter Haas is possibly Gunther. my favourite person in the world. Gunter Steiner. You tell him you're not to fucking slam my door. Okay? <laughs> he does not slam he my does fucking not door. Slam my fucking door, right? <laughs> These guys, they're getting around like they're fucking, rock. Fucking getting around like they're rock stars, they're fucking wankers. <laughs> I'm just like, yes, good I don't want to see he fucking run into me, all that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good enough. Gunter. All right, let's finish on Gunter. Get for, out of my fucking office. For the eighth time, everybody. Hopefully you find something out of all that in the end. Start off real serious coaching talk. Then we got on funny moments with coaching and kids in different age groups. And now we've given you TV recommendations, books, movies, all sorts. But 
most importantly, if you're still here at this point, I hope you have a really good week. I do. Because oh, you know what? Monday's a shit day, so I'm going to empower you right now. Wake up tomorrow and just, just chase the week. Or it'll right? be today. No one's going to listen to this tonight. Chase the week tomorrow, all right? Chase, if you're on a train right week. now and you're listening to Lou in your ear, I hope you have a good day. Yeah. Okay, mate. I hope you have a great week. I hope you're on a quiet carriage, mate. I want to. I, I can't wait to hear. Actually, now we'll talk about it. Him tomorrow night on three sixty about the sharks, mate. Mate, the pies at Allianz are too fucking expensive. <laughs> <laughs> I went to get a chicken. And I bought it, and it burnt me fucking mouth out. <laughs> As we're currently sitting here, I just had a sip of my coffee, and I've got fucking three layers of skin hanging oh, off the top of the ceiling of my mouth. Almost choked on my skin. Uh, oh, buzz, poor bastard. He's probably crying himself to sleep and holding his pillow. But That's okay. They've won a comp. I don't feel any sorrow for any Sharks fan. I'm sorry. Canberra fans, yeah. 1994. Yeah. No good. Sharks, 2016. Sharks, beat it. <laughs> beat it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap it up on that one, everybody. Uh, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. We'll be back on Wednesday night. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.